The Jamie Dyer Show. Delighted to have with me today James from Trim Tab Productions, who is opening as part of the Brighton Fringe. Uh, great to have you along, James. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, your company in general? The company really came out of a band. I'm in a band. Um, we're based in Brighton, and I'm the singer and a songwriter. And um, probably the, the first show that we did in the Fringe three years ago was the reason that we set up this production company was to put on a show. It initially sort of came out of a desire, really, to create a kind of a gig that was a gig with a story. I often find that when I go to gigs, even musicians that I really like, I sometimes find that I get a bit bored by about the third or fourth song in, you know, because they just play a song and then people clap, they just do another one and it just repeats. And I always just think that's such a wasted opportunity to do something, you know, a bit more ambitious. You've got a stage there. It's not that interesting to look at somebody noodling around with a guitar, is it? Um, maybe when you're 14, but not when you're an adult. And so I wanted to essentially put on a gig that I wouldn't get bored at was the was the sort of the simple seed of the idea. And so we did a show in 2015 Fringe, which is called The Reincarnation of Trim Tab Gym, which went really well. And that was sort of like a reimagining of the final judgment, if you like. And now we're back with part two of the Trim Tab trilogy. And this one's called The Manifestation of Trim Tab Gym. How do you differ it from an ordinary gig? Well, it's got acting in it <laughs> and films and live music um, and so it's a sort of interplay of those three things so I suppose that's the main difference between a gig we really struggle with what to call it actually the, the last time we did a show we called it a rock opera but it's really not a rock opera a few people pointed out like, there's only one singer myself and uh, and it's not really musical theater or a rock musical that sort of makes you think of all the shows that already exist I and mean, as far as I'm aware I'm not really familiar with any other shows that do quite what we do so it's kind of genre defying in that sense so this time we're calling it a political sci-fi musical theater show which is a bit of a mouthful but it sort of gets over the impression that this is something original and different it is very unique and the whole marketing thing i mean trim tab gym where did that come from we explained that in both the shows so there, there, was a, there was this guy called richard buckminster fuller i don't know if you're familiar with him he was a scientist and an engineer and just a brilliant brilliant mind brilliant man uh, who died about a couple of decades ago now in the 80s I think or 90s and he was just this prolific guy he invented you know geodesic domes a bit like the Eden project you know like you've got like a bunch of pentagons and hexagons and you can make a really really strong structure so he invented those among many other things and there was a, an interview that he did back in the 70s for Playboy magazine of all publications um, which back in the 70s, it wasn't really very much about pictures of women. It was, you know, there was a few of those in there, but it was mainly these really long-form essays about jazz and with these scientists and engineers and stuff. It's really, it was a weird magazine. Anyway, so he was in this interview and he gave this quote where he said that people often feel that they're, that they're too small and the world is too big and that they're, they're unable to change the world. But he said, think about a massive ship like the, QE2 or whatever, uh, it's really huge and it's really, really difficult to turn a big ship around because the water pressure is so great that it's really hard to move the rudder. 
but on the edge of the rudder, there's a tiny little rudder called a trim tab, and that's easy to move because it's so small, and that creates a slight pressure differential which pulls the big rudder around, and then that in turn pulls the big ship around. So he said that this is like a metaphor for how an individual or indeed a single act can have huge consequences. So it's essentially a story about uh, sort of an emancipatory um, metaphor for how an individual can change the world. I see. Well, there's a lot of thinking gone behind that. Um, who wrote the show? I wrote them both. And the, the music I write collaboratively with the band. Uh, but I, I write the lyrics for the songs and... Um, Yes, and I wrote the script. Awesome. So you're playing at St. Nicholas Church um, in Church Street. Have you been to St. Nicholas Church before? I haven't, no, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's sort of quite tucked away. It's really central in the middle of Brighton. It's just pretty much next to the clock tower, just about two-minute walk up Dyke Road from the clock tower. Um, but it's an 11th century church. It's like the oldest building in Brighton by some by some margin. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's got a wooden roof and really lush carpet all over the altar. So it's actually quite, a, it's not really too echoey and reverby. It's a good place to play a gig. And it's beautiful. It's a, it's just a stunning uh, venue. You are playing it as part of the Brighton Fringe. How important do you think it is to kind of, you know, Brighton and the arts in general, the idea of the Fringe? The Fringe, I just can't express enough love for <laughs> there's something are you, uh, are you familiar with fringe review yes there's a, a website fringe review it's run by paul levy i think that he really gets across in the what things that he writes and the things that he reviews that about the spirit of the fringe that this is this is something that sort of bubbles up from from down below this is not sort of like people with a big budget and with some commercial you know enterprise that this is all stuff that's like a labor of love and for that reason, it's quite sort of pure as an art form because people are just putting themselves on stage because they have this burning need to, in a sense. And it's also unfiltered. It's not really too concerned with, you know, commercial success or upsetting the sponsors or anything like that. And so you get really, really interesting theatre. I, I, like, I'm a big fan of the theatre and I go to, you know, the Theatre Royal a lot and so on. But it's nearly always the small shows in some little back room of a pub that are the most memorable for that reason. And so I think it's just a beautiful thing. And I feel very lucky to live in Brighton where this thing lands on our doorstep once a year. Yes. Now, although you live in Brighton, are you thinking of taking this show anywhere else? Yeah. Well, we would really like to. The, the, the last show that we did, we took it to some other venues, uh, including Union Chapel in London, which was pretty amazing because that's another absolutely gorgeous church venue. We would very much like to tour it and to take it forward. We don't currently have plans to do so. Um, and we're really not, um, you know, I mean, as, as a band... We've played a few gigs around town and in London, but we don't really have a following as a band. If we were just doing, you know, the normal gig circuit, we'd be playing, you know, in rooms above pubs that were probably mostly empty. But because we've gone down this musical theatre route, it's given us a way to to play our music in front of much bigger audiences. And crucially, <laughs> in a theatre setting, they sit down and shut up. <laughs> for want of a better phrase, while you're playing the songs, which I always find really frustrating at gigs, that people just think that they can just talk about work or whatever over the top of the music. So it's really nice to have that formal setting where people really sit down and listen to what you've got to say, 
you know, the lyrics are really important to what we do. On the back of this idea, we've been able to play some really good venues to some really big crowds, which has been great. And so, yes, we absolutely would love to take it further and to play more dates after this, especially because it's taken such a massive effort to get to this point where we're ready to do these shows. And now that it's all ready, you know, actually doing the shows is probably the easiest bit. And so we're ready to take it forward, absolutely. Well, definitely. And this is the second instalment. When's the third one coming? The first one took about 15 years to go from me originally having an idea to it getting to the stage. The second one took three years between the last show and this one. But that's, to be honest, for most of that time, I've just finished a PhD. I'm an ed- a teacher, an educationalist. So that's taken up most of my time for the last three years. So, I mean, I actually, I wrote it in January and it's ready by May. Uh, the, the music was already done by then. But So, I mean, I don't know, in answer, in answer to your question, probably not next year but maybe the year after because it takes quite a while for the ideas to percolate as well doesn't it before you actually put pen to paper and there's a continuation so in the first show this character trim tab was sort of uh, mugged brutally mugged at the start of the show and left for dead in the street and then he awakens into death's waiting room which is what the theater was imagined to be and he meets the angel of death and it's essentially a take on the final judgment where he sort of or an interim judgment really where he has to negotiate his re-entry into life if he can persuade the angel of death that he's going to live a more worthwhile life um and then he sort of awakens and it's all from a coma at the end of the first show so the second one, this called the manifestation of Trim Tab Jim, picks up where the first one left off, but it does work as a standalone piece, I would say. It doesn't matter if you didn't see the first show. Um, and in this show, he wakes up and he's an amnesiac, so he can't really remember what happened in the, the, the Angel of Death. And uh, But apart from being an amnesiac, and, they, and the doctors don't know who he is either because he had no ID on him when he was admitted to hospital, uh, he's basically fine, and he's got a thirst for knowledge and a penchant for politics, and he's really interested and engaged and reading all the time. And this psychiatrist takes a keen interest in him, which turns out to be quite sinister. And partly this show is based on the idea that the universe is a computer simulation, that, that life is a computer simulation, and we're all just like characters in a game like Sims, say. Um and so that's the conceit, and I won't give anything further away in terms of what happens in this show, but um, it's quite mind-bending. There's about three or four twists, so there's quite a bit for people to chew over on their way home, which I'm, I'm really um, pleased about, actually, the way that that's turned out. And the all I've got in my mind so far for the third show is that he becomes part robot, like part cyborg, Um and the music will probably go in a bit more of an electronic direction to reflect that. But that's really, <laughs> that's all I've got so far. So I've got some work to do to flesh that out a little bit. Well, definitely. It's, it, sounds really, it sounds fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, if anyone was interested in, um, in coming but weren't quite sure, what would you say to them? I would say that you will... You will be, first of all, entertained because it, the music is amazing. And I say that just completely with humility because I'm, I only stand there and sing, but the musicians are absolutely spot on. They're really, really talented bunch of guys. 
um, and the ways that we've made the films and the, 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 the narrative unfolds through this interplay of music and film and drama, it's really original and unique and um and it makes you really think about the world and about your life and about the nature of reality um and i i i mean i can only speak for myself i would love to see this show because it just ticks all my boxes it's political it's got some sci-fi in it it's got really good drama and the music is uh toe-tapping and fun and so Yes, I, I urge people to come along, and I really, I'm mainly because I'm really interested to hear what people will make of it. You know, um, the first show, I really had no idea what people would make of it. It was just something that I had to get out of my system. It was just I had to put that show on, and thankfully, we we had some really really good reviews from from uh, lots of people, and you know, we sold out the last time, which is why we've gone for a bigger venue this time. Um, and I just, I'm really interested to hear what people make of it. So do come along and, um, and also, can I just mention, we've, we're, we're asking people who come to, to write an audience review, uh, in return for two CDs. We're releasing two albums this month. Uh, we actually didn't get around to releasing the album from the last show. Um, although we recorded most of it at the time. And so we're releasing both albums this month and we're giving away a CD of each of the albums to 50 people who write an audience review. So come along, let us know what you think of it, and you'll get two CDs, probably. Well, I'm sure that uh, many people would take part in that. If people wanted to find out more about the show when it was on, you know, what it is a little bit further, uh, where would they need to go? So our website is trimtabgym.com. So that's T-R-I-M-T-A-B-J-I-M. And if you just Google Trim Tab Gym Manifestation, um, you'll find it on the Brighton Fringe website. Opening night is tonight. Uh, tickets are £10 or £8 for concessions. Well, well yes, and you're also uh, you're on the 11th of May, the 18th, yep. the 25th, the 26th and the 1st of June. That's it. Spot on. That's right. Well, thank you very much, James, for coming on today to talk to us about this. All the best for the upcoming run of shows. And uh, I hope you get an idea for the third one, maybe Half Robot, soon. (laughs) Indeed. It's been lovely to talk to you. The Jamie Dyer Show.